Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm very happy to be here with Antonio Garrido, three-time author and founder and president at My Daily Leadership. Welcome, Antonio. Hi, Dylan. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for the invitation. I'm excited. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a chat. Of course, we're very happy to have you here. So, to get us started, can you give us a little bit about the history of yourself um, and your background and how you ended up where you are today? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try and keep it short. Uh, it's probably interesting only to me and my my parents, I suppose. So when I came out of university a million years ago, because it's obviously uh, you can tell I'm fairly ancient, but when I came out of university, I was originally an architect. So uh, I thought that's what I was going to be. I thought that's what I was going to do. And careers, as you possibly know, Dylan, are slippery fish. And uh, one thing led to another, and it was entirely by luck rather than by design. I found myself moving up a couple of couple of roles, couple of organizations, and I found myself heading up um, uh, a department. Did that for a couple of years. Worked for a really, really tremendous leader, uh, who then asked me to go back to university and get an MBA or some kind of uh, business management, business strategy degree. Uh, because he thought I was destined for better, bigger and better things rather than being an architect, which, um, to be frank, Dylan, it was probably a smart move. I wasn't a terribly good architect. I wasn't very accomplished. <laughs> Although I did win a couple of awards and, you know, did some pretty interesting stuff around uh, UK mainly, uh, one in Spain. But anyway, so I then found myself running uh, divisions that then turned into running businesses and so I ultimately was ended up running what you might call Fortune 60 companies or top 60 PLCs with thousands of employees and billions in revenue and uh, worked along the way for some tremendous, tremendous, tremendous leaders, helping, you know, so helping businesses grow and so on. And then about 12 years ago, I'm nearly, I'm nearly at the end, right? So about 12 years ago, um, we decided, my wife and I, um, for reasons that probably take me about five minutes to explain, so just go with it, right, on a matter of faith. We decided that we would um, uh, buy a company in Miami and uh, go and live in Miami because we were, you can tell by the accent that, you know, uh, maybe not the name, but you did that very well. My father was fine, my mother's Greek. But by the accent, so we're British, but we went to go and live in Miami, set up a, a bought a company there, which we grew... Uh, very, you know, quite rapidly to probably the third largest uh, business development uh, sales training company in the world, possibly. And then a leadership company. I wrote two books for that organization. Uh, My Daily Leadership is the book that <laughs> this kind of we're talking about today. That's for another business of ours, which is all about leadership development, trying to keep those two businesses separate. And and here we are today. So uh, that's so I've basically started off as an architect, worked for a bunch of companies, ended up running some very, very large companies, and then started my own companies. And we have about five. That's Amazing. <laughs> Thanks for that. And it's a common thing I hear is that 
it's important to understand what you're good at, understand what you maybe not so good at and choose the right path for you. And it sounds like you, you experimented and found the right path. I love that. Well, I think, I think when you, um, when you, when you, figure out what you enjoy you can tolerate a bit more difficulty and you can you know you you work maybe harder at it i lost your audio there i can't hear you oh i can hear you perfectly oh, fine there you're back let's go <laughs> oh okay so i was saying that if you if you i think it was mark twain or somebody very wise said if you find and if you find out what you what you really really enjoy and do that, then you'll never work. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I was a decent enough architect, but I was a much better leader and much better coach and uh, much better business owner. I think my father always used to say to me because I'd run these very very large companies, and uh, as I mentioned, he was Spanish and he's very philosophical. And he, uh, uh, we had this thing going for a few years where he would say, "How's work?" And I'd say, "Oh, terrible! I've been fired." course i'd never had been fired but but i was working for these very very big organizations and he believed that you should always have your own business that was that was his belief and he would say to me when i said i was fired he would say terrific because that would make mean you got to do your own thing and he would say that it's better to be the head of a mouse than the tail of a lion which i kind of get what he meant by that and so um yeah that's why i guess we started our own business and we have a few now and um yeah but uh, yeah that's, that's how 100%. <laughs> awesome yeah. and can you tell us a little bit more about uh, my daily leadership and kind of like what, what's your business strategy for that yeah so um whilst i mentioned i worked for these tremendous tremendous leaders um one of them really kind of set my whole career on the path that it then took. And I think it's important. And I think that maybe I'll share with you an exercise that all of your audience could probably do quite easily. But I think this exercise, I'll tell you the two pivotal points that changed my life and made me a significantly better leader and made me a significant better business owner and uh, helped me grow businesses more than anything else I can imagine. So um, so if anybody's minded to do this little exercise with me, grab yourself a piece of paper and a pen, yeah. I think it'll be helpful. So when I mentioned earlier that I got one of these super duper big jobs, which quite frankly, I wasn't, <laughs> I shouldn't have got, but anyway, uh, it was politics. It just made sense at the time. And it, so anyway, I, I got the role and uh, a couple of days in, there was a note on my desk, a handwritten note, because this is, I told you I'm ancient, this is before email and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, the, the group chairman asked me to go into his office, and I thought, ah, I've been rumbled, right? In two days, they've already figured out I'm not the guy for the for the, for the job. <laughs> but um, that wasn't what it was for. He, he, I, I sat down with him, and, and he asked me this question. He said, have you ever worked? for a terrible boss, if you ever worked for a bad manager, bad leader, bad owner, right? And and I'm hoping that 
uh, you know, whilst I don't want anyone to have worked for a bad manager, a bad leader, I'm hoping that everybody at least that's listening or, or you know, your audience can imagine what one of those looks like, right? We we kind of know intuitively what a bad boss looks like, even if we've never worked for one. So anyway, I said yes that I had, I had worked for, you know, a bad boss. And he, um, he gave me a piece of paper and a pen and he said, well, just write down what are the characteristics of a terrible boss. Just write down what does... What does awful look like? What does absolutely dreadful look like? And I can't exactly remember what I wrote, but I probably wrote something like um, a micromanager, plays favorites, inconsistent, uh, unclear, nonspecific, right? You can just imagine what, what it might look like if you were to sit down and write what does a terrible boss look like? So I wrote five or six things. Still slightly confused, but slid the piece of paper back to him. He looked at the, the list and went, yeah, that's really good. Write me a few more. So then I wrote three or four more of the characteristics of a terrible boss and then slid it back. He said, give me a few more. And then, you know, these days, AI could give you the list in five seconds, right? Chat GPT in five seconds. But this was back in the day, right? So then I wrote, uh, probably had now a list of about 12 things. Okay, he said, yeah, that's absolutely terrific. That's exactly what what terrible looks like. I said, okay, good. He said, now will you do me a favor? I said, yeah, of course, whatever. What do you need? He said, whilst ever you're around here, whilst ever you're running this business for us, can you absolutely give me a solemn promise to never, ever do any of the things on that list? Right? So... I said, yeah. He said, I can keep it with you at all times. And if I ever see you in the corridor or you pop into my office or I pop into your office or I see you at the board meeting or I see you in the canteen, have that list with you because I'll probably want to talk to you about it, you know. So what did that do? That was my first introduction into, if you think about it, what I did was I designed my, I designed my own job role didn't I? Because it was the opposite of those things. Here's the tricky thing, though. The tricky thing, Dylan, is how do you know when you're being inconsistent? How do you know when you're playing favorites? How do you know when you're doing the things on this list? So the first thing is, here's what terrible looks like. Go the opposite direction. The other issue then is, how do you know when you're doing those things? And here's the point. The, um, if any of your listeners our leaders, owners of companies, senior managers of organizations, big or small, here's what rarely happens, Dylan. It, it's it's fairly rare, rare that someone will come to knock on your office and say, hey, Dylan, you got five minutes? Just want to chat with you about something. You go, yeah, of course, come in. You know me, open door policy, sit down, what's on your mind? And then it's fairly rare for somebody to say, well, Dylan, I've been... I've been kind of tracking you. I've been watching what you've been doing for the last six months. And I thought I just wanted to tell you that I think you're doing a terrible, terrible, terrible job. Right? That doesn't happen very much, does it? It doesn't happen very often. It's really difficult to get the bravery to tell your boss they've got an ugly baby. Right? It's really tricky, tricky to do. So. so people don't tell you that, right? So let me ask you this, Dylan. What percentage of the time do you think your people tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? What do you think? Probably not that much. 
So it's not a hundred percent. Neither is it zero, but it's somewhere. Let's let's be generous and say seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent of the time, they're telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What they're actually telling you, and we talked about this in my first book, what they're actually telling you is a version of the truth that they think it's in their best interest to have you believe. And so, what we've got to now do is figure out if you're doing any of these things on this list that we talked about. Um. It's unlikely that anyone's going to tell you. So how are you going to know? No one's going to say, hey, Dylan, you know that list you showed me about terrible? Yeah, number th- you're doing number three again, right? It just doesn't happen, right? So what, what have you got to do? You've got to be the best leaders. It became very clear to me pretty quickly after having started this list and listening to some of the leadership lessons that my boss was sharing with me, right? Making me into a better leader all the time. And um, we have to grow self-awareness because because people d- don't tell you, right? Um, I, I saw an interview once very, very quickly with uh, George Bush Sr., you know, the, 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 the first Bush president, right? And, and he, the president of the United States, he had stopped being the president and um, uh, he was in a pro-am golf tournament. And he just he just walked off the 18th green and somebody shoved a camera in front of his face and said, hey, Mr. President, how was the golf today? And he stopped for a second and he thought and he said, it's amazing how many games of golf he's lost since leaving the White House. Right. So whilst ever he was the president, everybody let him win. Why? Because he's the bloody president of the United States. Right. <laughs> Now he's no, now he's kind of like a nobody, though, I mean, not a nobody. Of course, he's dead now, but at the time, you know, he was no longer the president. So everybody just played their normal game of golf and they wiped the floor with him every time. So it's tricky because we don't get to the truth. So that, you know, your job as a leader is to close that truth gap, that 75% that you're getting to, 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 to get that. How'd you do it? Well, You've got to have a strategy for trust. You've got to have a strategy for truth. And you've got to build your own self-awareness. Well, how do you do that? Well, you start by you start by grading yourself every day. And you start by writing these things in the journal. You know, yeah, gratitude and all that kind of stuff. And, and I mean a leadership development journal, not just a to-do list, right? We talk all about it in the book and on the website and all that kind of stuff. But start saying to yourself, here's what my objectives are for today my my key objectives maybe one thing maybe two things here's why here are some thoughts about that i'm giving you at the absolute fifty thousand foot level right not giving not going into detail at this point but then at the end of the night at the end of the day then review yourself right give yourself a score now there are already some people who've switched off and go you want me to journal every morning and every evening yeah i do in the same way that you brush your teeth every morning and every evening, right? Some people say, well, can't I just journal? You know, can I all save it up and I'll do it all on Sunday? Well, you don't do that with your teeth because your gums will bleed, right? So you've got to, you've got to do this self-reflection every day. Here's what happens. When you start to say, here's what I'm gonna do today with some kind of morning momentum. And then at the end of the day, you say, here's what I did today, and were there any gaps? You also say, you know, uh, if I were to grade myself, if I was to give myself a leadership. If, if my people were to do my leadership, you know, report card, right, like my school report card, what would I get for today? And let's imagine then you say, yeah, probably a B minus for today, maybe even a B plus, A minus, whatever. Whatever today's 
grading is on your report card. What that then forces you to do, Dylan, is to say, well, what should I have done or should I not have done or could I have perhaps done or if I'd have said this differently, would that have been a better outcome? What it forces you to do is think, well, if it was a B plus, what would I have had to have done to make it a, a, an A plus, right? What that is, is daily reflective practice because wisdom comes from evaluated experience, not just time served, right? Evaluated experience. The best leaders spend the most time evaluating themselves. It builds that self-awareness that we were talking about. What then happens when you do that with enough density is then in the moment somebody asks you a question and you think to yourself, ah, I'm going to have to grade myself later on this afternoon for what I'm just about to do or say. So why don't I, why don't I give a world-class leadership response to that question, right? Why don't I give best in class or world-class? Why don't I give a really good future me, tonight's me, your future Antonio, in four hours Antonio will thank me if I handle this well now. So by doing enough reflective, right, that hindsight leads to situational insight, and that it's situational insight, so you do better on at, at, in the moment, leads to foresight so that you can guide the business better and avoid all of the icebergs and all of that kind of stuff. So, so daily journal. So write down what terrible looks like. We've got to build your self-awareness because people aren't going to tell you. Get a strategy for trust. Get a strategy for truth. Allow people to really understand vision, mission, goals. Make sure that you understand your own core values and the core values of your organization. Hire and fire to those core values. Start writing these things down, right, in a very organized way. You know, gratitude as well and all of that kind of stuff. And be very intentional about improving because wisdom comes from evaluated experience, not just time served. Did that help? Yes, 100%. And I really wish some of my previous leaders would have listened to this because most of my previous jobs, and I have been in a few because I think you need to firstly earn enough and you need to have enough of a strong leadership. And I've only found that I could get one of those. I can't earn a lot and have a good leader from my previous experience. And it's quite a tough thing. And that's the reason I left those jobs is because of poor leadership and and I wish yeah. they had like better tools to understand what they were doing wrong and yeah, and try to to get better. Yeah, I, it, I don't know who who said it. It wasn't me. I, I mentioned it in the book, and we talked about it a little bit. Um, people typically join a business, but then leave a manager, right, or leave a boss. So, so yeah. you join the business. You know, you want the role and the business and the brand and all that good stuff. So you'll join for that reason, but then you leave because you've got a bad boss. And the number of horrific leaders, because we've been coaching leaders now for, you know, 12 years or so, and uh, are very, very large organizations and very small organizations. And the number of just car crashes that we see in, in, in the boardroom is just staggering and, and staggering but anyway if that wasn't the case I wouldn't have a job so I'm okay with that <laughs> yeah 100% and I'm also okay with it because it's given me a lot to learn because I've always known since I was young that I'm I'm going to own my own business one day I'm not quite mm -hmm. there yet I have 
had a few that unfortunately went the wrong way and we had to call it quits. But I know I'm going to be there one day and now I've got all this knowledge of what not to do <laughs> in terms of being yeah. a leader. And and I'm so excited. It's motivated me to to be the best leader possible. And I'm really excited for, for what's to come and using those skills uh, that I've learned. I love that. I think that's great. But when, whenever on a Sunday we would go to my dad's house or to have Sunday dinner, because I mentioned he's Spanish, right? It's a big family guy and everybody would come on Sunday and have uh, Sunday lunch. He would, he would go around the table and he'd ask everyone this question, where have you failed this week? And and if anybody said, well, they hadn't failed at anything this week, he would say that's a week, that's a week wasted, right? Because if you haven't failed, you haven't learned anything, right? And Mario Andretti, the race car driver, said, you know, if you're not terrified going around the corners, you're not going fast enough, right? And so so we are big proponents of some you win and some you learn, right? So so long as you learn the lesson. Fail, fail fast, fail forward, right? So long as you learn the lesson. So if you're not making any mistakes and you are the smartest guy in the room, then you're hiring wrong. 100%. Um, and yeah, of course, I've, I've the mistakes were, they weren't lekker. I mean, with nice, sorry, that's a South African word. Um, and I got myself into a bit of debt, but I've 100% learned from it. I don't, I don't consider them failures. I, I consider them learning experiences. And I think that's Good. that's very important to understand. Um, it's critical, and 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 everybody. I'll just mention this as well because it's, it's such a critical point. That so I have. Do you have any children? You're too young, right? No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> I have uh, four, and so I've seen, you know, firsthand children learning to walk and talk and read and write and use a fork and tie shoelaces and all of those things, drive a car, all of that stuff, right? And when you see a kid that's about one, at about 11 and a half months, when you're a dad one day, you'll thank me for this, but before kids move, before babies start to, you know, crawl and then walk, your life is so easy because they are where you last left them, right? And <laughs> Until they start to walk, they are where you just last put them down. But when they start to move, life gets tricky. But what's my point? My point is that about one years old, a baby goes, it's time to it's time to walk. And if you've ever seen a baby try to walk or write or read or use a fork, right, or tie their shoelace, they never get it right. Never get it right the first time. In fact, it takes hundreds of times. Right. And a baby never tries to pull itself up, fall on its bottom and go, walking is not for me. Forget it. It's not for me. Right. They never do. What do they do? They just pick themselves up and they go again and they go again and they go again and they go again. And they never, ever, ever, ever stop until they figure it out. Never, ever. And they don't get discouraged. They just go, OK, let's try again. Let's try. And it, it's not by encouragement. No one's saying because the one they don't even can't even talk you don't you don't say to them try again they just go let's try again and forks and writing writing's tricky and 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 speaking is tricky what's my point that if it's important enough to us we become very determined little buggers right and we were all determined if you can walk and drive a car and read and write and you can clearly talk right 
then you have the determined gene stamped on your DNA somewhere. So never, ever, 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 never, ever give up. 100%. I love that analogy of the baby. And I think it's also quite ironic because when sometimes, sometimes when people fail and people get upset, oftentimes people say, don't be a baby. Don't be a baby, but you should be a baby. baby. You should be a baby. <laughs> I love that. Dylan, that's brilliant. I'm going to do that in my next blog. I will <laughs> give you, I will give to Dylan Burke, I will give you credit. That's a really, that's amazing. Brilliant. I love that. Don't be a baby. I'll, I'm going to blog, I'm going to write that blog tomorrow. <laughs> Don't be a baby. I love it. Do be a baby. Do you know, I've told that story like a hundred, 500 times. No one's ever thought of that. That is genius, man. Thank you for that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we are a bit over time here, but oh, I've okay. really enjoyed this. I kind of got lost in it. I didn't look at the time. <laughs> but okay. if you could give uh, one piece of advice to business owners and leaders, what 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 would that be for them to uh, uh, get a coach? It doesn't have to be me, right? It doesn't have to be me. But get a coach. The the person that taught you to walk and talk and read and write and walk and use a fork and drive was the best coach you've ever known. And that was your mom or your dad or somebody who loved you when you were a child. Get a coach. You'll go faster, further, quicker, easier. I have a coach. My coach is a fourth generation nuclear submarine commander or submarine commander. His father was nuclear and his father was diesel and his father was diesel. But um, if anybody tells you they're serious about growing their business, and uh, they don't journal and they don't have a coach don't believe them 100 percent, amazing well thank you so much for that and thank you for being on the show so well, what's the best way for what's the best way for our audience to reach out to antonio garrido if you have any offers for them to take advantage of or if they just want to yeah, learn from yeah for sure if anybody goes to our website which is all the w's mydailyleadership.com there's lots of free resources on there. There's core values downloads. There's business health checks. There's assessments they can take. There's lots of stuff on there. So have a look at www.mydailyleadership.com or write to me direct. Right, it'll get to me. You know, eventually, will I promise it'll go through our go through our filters? But just mention Dylan, and it'll get to me. I promise. Um, which is just Antonio at mydailyleadership. And any question, there's no dumb ones, and we will genuinely do our best to help you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Antonio. I've really enjoyed this. Me too. Thank you, Dylan. Let me know how you're getting on. I will do.